Three, two, one, go. Hey, Bips and the Ginger Podcast, we are bringing you a full special tonight. We have team manager of or team variant manager Derek Wilson on the other line, and we are going to be kind of going through an overview of what Team Varium did this whole summer, right? What up, everybody? I'm excited to be back on the podcast for sure. Yeah, it has been it has been too long. It's it's kind of funny when we had you on beginning of the season to think like what the end of the season was going to look like it was literally like oh i'm gonna interview this guy and then it went to hey i'm gonna go hang out with him when he racetracks to like hey we're gonna live stream together <laughs> so it's been uh you know it's the even the podcast and the things you and i did kyle it's mm-hmm. been it followed the stream of motorsports with there's been ups and there's been downs and mm-hmm. um at the end of the season i think we found more ups than downs for yeah. sure yeah oh yeah i think so i mean i think the development of especially watching uh I mean, even just on your team, watching as you guys have uh, all summer long kind of learned the car a little more during this last season and kind of learned, you know, like the tracks we're going at. It's very, like I said, I'm excited for next year. I was telling people already, I'm like, it's kind of stinks that now it's like, you know, 20 degrees out because it's all of a sudden, it's a big <laughs> shell shock that, yes, winter is here. <laughs> Racing is over. depression season for the racers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it's, I mean, in one way you're getting to, there's some of the fun, but really the fun of like rebuilding usually probably doesn't really happen until like after the first of the year. It's kind of like, you know, you get the kind of a lull. There's all of a sudden there's no races on the weekends. You know, you're just staring at your car in the garage. And the lifestyle of any kind of racer is go race in the weekend and, you know, spend the week fixing and wrenching. And, and if you don't wreck whatever machine you have, you get to spend the week making it faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you do wreck it, you spend the week putting it back together. So. Oh, yeah. There's always something to be done. So this time of the year, there, there's no reason to really work on the car. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty to do. And, and race season comes quicker than you think. My mm-hmm. dad's been preaching that for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, there's no rush. Yeah. You know, there, there's no crazy rush. So yeah. it is kind of a lull in the action, but it's a good time to sit back and kind of reflect on what's happened and talk about the ups and the downs and the changes and where the focus is next season. There's lots of changes. Yeah. Um, what's really cool um it's a secret between me and kyle Hello. but we're going to bring on matt lindell yes. uh later in the podcast correct yes yes we are well you're the one that's bringing him on so <laughs> <laughs> and then uh he was busy uh cleaning out a corn bin uh yes. but before that we get to have brianne and brindy covell our junior dragster racers and uh i did a little bit of a um public speaking or interview training with these two girls about a year ago so i'm excited to hear from them that'll be that'll be excited i know i was uh following them all summer long and they had quite a uh, quite a successful season we'll say we'll be we'll, we'll let them kind of get into it a little bit more but uh it's been really fun and especially kind of be you know partnering next to team varium again if you're not following varium racing on facebook go follow it because it's not it's it's very diverse of sports and athletes and it's really fun to see on a weekend basis like what they're all doing and you kind of get to stay up to date on it and you know race the writing reports we have there are there are kids that are in high school that are basically writing up these like you know almost like a paper of like what they did over the weekend and it's awesome to see them you know being able to develop not just their racing but also their writing skills and you know some of these things that they can take as they go beyond you know beyond the racing world yeah, it's really neat to see the development of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, the development of the racer um, is what we're, you know, is our focus of what we're doing. But the end result is the growth of the people in general. I've been able to watch um, young, younger 
kids, youth, 10 years old, um, that are now 14, 15, 16, um, that are reaching the higher ranks yeah. of what they're doing. Um, they've learned discipline. And, and I've always preached that one of the best lessons we learn in motorsports is disappointment. Yeah. Um, and I think Matt Lindell will get into some of that disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Brindy Covell, her story, which is pretty cool. Speaking of those girls, I'm going to get on the phone and pull a conference call. Uh, you want to yes, do your thing? I will do we'll my right thing. Back. All right. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't, um, if you haven't listened earlier in the year, go back to, I think it's like episode, it's probably even like in like the leader, like the low teens or something like that. I'll post, the, I'll probably put a link in the description of this episode if it's something you're like, I can't remember that episode. You don't want to scroll back if you're already on iTunes. Um, I had Derek on, and again, it was literally just, I had had uh, Nick uh, McCready, who is a promoter at Makoka to Speedway. I had him on, and then I, you know, kind of got connected with Derek a little bit, basically kind of over Facebook. And I messaged him and said, hey, do you want to be on a podcast, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, we start talking. And this whole summer has been a blast of getting to kind of follow him around. Him and his dad have been uh, racing the number nine modified, and it's been kind of fun to help them crew. Uh, Ginger's been helping us, us a bunch on that too, so he's definitely been a part of the whole team up to and then to the point where we were actually live streaming races at Makokata. So um, it's been kind of fun to take in that and just kind of taking that dive. So as we kind of get into these interviews, just you know, understand, like I said, we're going to start off with our junior dragsters. If you're not sure what junior dragsters are, we're going to get into that a little bit, obviously. But basically, it is they look like full like drag cars, but they're just smaller, hence why they're called junior. But um, they're they're still like kind of stupid fast. So it's kind of a silly extreme. It's a real fun sport, and there is a whole lot of science in it. I'm sure when we talk to the Cobells, they'll get into just a little bit. I mean, obviously, they don't want to give all their secrets away. But yeah, so there's that. Um, and other, we'll do quick kind of news. If you've been listening to the podcast and you've been kind of wondering where's Ginger at, he'll be back soon. Like I said, we just talked this last week. We're trying to schedule a time to get everyone back on. So he will be on. Cal, we're right here on. with you. Hey, we're back. <laughs> um, I'd like everybody to meet Brianne and Brindy Covell, our junior dragsters, the very straight track racers. Brindy and Brianne, can you say hello? Hi. So let's start with you, Brianne. Uh, Brianne, how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen, and where do you go to school? Reagan Middle School. Reagan Middle School, and you guys are in Dixon, Illinois, is that right? Yeah. All right. And Brindy, how about you? How old are you? Nine. Nine. Uh, Kyle, you got any quick questions you want to ask for an intro? Um. Jeez, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared. Okay, so who who was faster this year? Is that a, me? Okay, I don't know. I don't, okay, <laughs> which now one's first, me? yeah, which was me? <laughs> Brianne. Okay, and how fast? So, if somebody that's listening that doesn't know much about junior director, how fast do you go? About seventy-five miles per hour. Jeez! Oh my gosh! And that's an eighth mile, right? Yeah. Jeez! Yeah, that's. That's booking it for what it is. I mean, because it's basically it's uh kind of. Can you tell us a little bit about like like what a junior dragster is? Um, it's a race car. <laughs> <laughs> like what? It's basically like a, it looks like a miniature top fuel dragster, right? Yeah. And tell us about the motor. Tell us the what. Tell us what you know about the motor, about the clutch. It's all aluminum. All aluminum, which means lightweight. Yes. 
what's the most important part? Is it the clutch, the motor, the tires, the axles, friction? What would you say is the number one most important part? Because you guys are based on consistency, right? You want to run the same speed the same time over and over, correct? Yeah. So what's the most important aspect of that? The clutch. The clutch. Um, who had more clutch issues this year, Brindy or Brianne? Brianne. <laughs> Brianne. I know I listened to your dad talk about that clutch. Brindy, I want to talk about a couple years ago what happened with uh, your junior jagster in a tree. Can you tell us, Brindy, can you tell us what happened? Because it's a huge story, and you had a huge success overcoming that. So, Brindy, can you tell us what happened a couple years ago? Well, I was going down the track, and once I got off the track, I shut the car off, and I forgot to turn. And I freaked out, so I, and I just froze, so I forgot to hit the brakes, and I went into the tree. And was that – tell me how scary that was. Was it scary, or did it happen so fast you didn't even realize it? It happened so fast. It was really scary. I was, like, so scared. I, I can't explain how scared I was. <laughs> so you kind of took somewhat of a year off, and this year, 2018, you made a comeback. Is that right? Yes. Tell us the feeling when you first got back in that junior dragster and you made your first couple passes. Tell me how that felt. When I first got back in my junior dragster, I was, like, really scared because I didn't know what was going to happen because I haven't been in it in a long time. But my sister, I've been watching her for a little while, so I feel like it would be safe to go down the track because we had her go down first since it was my first race. How did your first competition go? Wasn't that a big day? Yes. How did that How did that end up? You know, you had some. You had a runner-up this year, right? Yeah. And two wins. Awesome. And two wins. So to to go back over it, so two years ago, Brindy had an accident where she hit a tree in her junior drags. They're pretty scary for for Brindy and the whole family. Brianne, Brian, how did you feel when your sister hit a tree? I freaked out. Freaked out? I mean, did it yeah. scare you as a driver at all? Yeah. Actually, that day, I didn't continue racing because it scared me that bad. No kidding. No kidding. Um, you know, Kyle, you want to ask any questions on that? You know, so Brindy hit a tree a couple years ago, uh, takes about a year off, watches Brianne. And Brianne had huge success last year. In fact, the Illinois State Champion last year, right, Brianne? Yes. Um, and then Brindy comes back this year with a runner-up and a couple of wins. That's impressive, Cal. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, how did how did that first win feel? Like coming back to the car this year, does that feel pretty good? I cried. <laughs> I think it's I, Brindy. I think I even cried. I think there was a video. <laughs> I believe that was there a video on that on Facebook. Because I think I might have been cutting onions at the same time because I might have got a little choked up. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was leaking. Yeah. <laughs> now that's probably one of the highlights of all of what Varium had going on this year mm -hmm. was to know that Brindy made a comeback. Uh, it's really not just a comeback to the racetrack, but it's a comeback uh, of bravery, um, of dedication to make to make your way back to the racetrack. Uh, Brianne, you are no doubt um, our youngest leader. Um, in Varium, 
you have a tremendous amount of people to look up to you and what you do. Uh, not only uh, your sister who's younger, but people like me, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. Um, I would like you to share with us um, where your passion in motorsports is, where how it feels in your heart, um, and where you see yourself in the future. Um, well, in the future, I wanted to do, like, jet cars or funny cars like Courtney Force. Where does motorsports lie with you? Like, if you think about motorsports and everything you've done, and if you think back to your biggest wins, um, and even some of your biggest disappointments, um, do those, do you do you think about that often? Do you lay in bed and think about those things, and, and does it make you excited to get back at it? Yes. Cal, <laughs> got any questions for the girls? No, I think uh, trying to figure out kind of. Oh, I mean, it sounds like you got a pretty good cover on it. So what do you guys, what's the off season look like for you guys? Like practice. Practice. All right. What do you, uh, when are you guys getting back? Like when, when do you get back in the racetrack next year? April. 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 So, you got kind so of it's a, still pretty chilly when you guys get back at it, huh? Yeah. You say you're practicing. Does that mean explain practicing in the off season? Because it's not like you're going to take the car out in the street and practice with it, right? So what are you doing to practice? We we set up the practice tree. We put the pedal in our race car so it feels like we're actually going down the track. So basically it's kind of like a video game. And for those that don't know drag racing, there's a tree and it has lights. Now, I, I don't even remember what color the lights are, but when the light gets to the very bottom is when you hit the gas, right? Third yellow. When it goes yellow, you hit the gas? The third yellow. The third yellow. See, they're teaching me something here, Kyle. Yeah. When, <laughs> when they said tree with lights, I was thinking Christmas tree. It's about that time of year. but. <laughs> when they and then it's all about consistency, correct? Yes. That's awesome. You girls are tremendous. Um, I'm a huge fan. You, you both know I'm a huge fan, right? Yeah. I, uh, I know what you guys are up to. I pretty much know every finish. I know where you're at every weekend. And I think Kyle's mm-hmm. become a fan as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch you guys all summer long and see you guys succeed. Um, and like I said, the video when, when Brianna got, got the win, it was pretty uh, – got you right in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> You girls have had me teared up twice over the last couple of years. I know uh, I, I thought that Brianne's win of, uh, I think it was up in Earlville, the Illinois State Champion, Chip, um, just just a huge, huge deal had me in tears. And then, Brenda, your story of your comeback um, is, is, is absolutely amazing. Good work, girls. Thank you. Keep up the schoolwork and uh, – Keep supporting each other, Brianne. Keep being a great leader. Um, I really appreciate it. Kyle, you got anything else? No, I think that should be pretty good. But again, have have a have fun this off season. You know, get ready for next year. We're going to be following you, and hopefully, like I said, we can uh, have you have you girls back on next year. We can talk about how many wins you got and uh, how you can't have room for all the trophies anymore. <laughs> Brianne and Brindy, like we will. That. What's that? I really like that. Awesome. Well, thanks, girls. 
we will let you go and we'll probably chit chat about you once you hang up. And then next, we're actually going to talk to Matt Lindell also. All so right. we get a night of champions. Night O champions. Thank, Thank you, you. Brindy and Brianne. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was super cool. That was awesome. Uh, super cool to hear young girls, and they spoke so well. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were – they knew about what they do. They they could explain kind of to people like uh, to me that have like no idea about. I mean, I've I've heard of junior drags and you know, I've gone to I've seen drag drag racing when they test into them, but I haven't gotten that much knowledge about them and kind of how it all works. And to hear the story the, of the comeback of you know, basically thinking you know I might not want to do the sport anymore, especially when you know it's, there's there has to there had to be pressure there because it's like you know your older sister does it. You know, you're getting the chance to finally get out and get into the car and, you know, have this fear of, like, do I not want to do this? You know, so. You know, I've been in motorsports for a long time, and um, I quit racing quads two years ago. And I quit racing quads because I hit the ground really hard one time. Now, Cal, you know that my nickname's D-Rec, right? Yes, I do know your nickname is D-Rec. <laughs> I've seen. And that's because <laughs> you've seen it in action. I've seen it in action. <laughs> Imagine what that looks like on a quad. So I'm basically a professional crasher. Ah. Um, I'm really good at it. I make it look really cool. Uh, <laughs> but I can make it look really cool because I can usually see it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last time I hit the ground on my quad, I didn't see it coming. And it scared It scared me. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm no Sally or anything, but it scared me. So mm-hmm. it, it changes you yeah. big time. Oh, yeah, crashes do. I mean, if anyone knows my story – you, everyone, everyone that's been around me knows about that when I when I broke my femur like right out of high school on a four wheeler, and then they wondered why afterwards. Like we when we go ride, I wouldn't ride the same. They're like what's wrong? I'm like, you guys all know. Like uh, <laughs> it makes you think twice. Yeah, you're like you look at a hill and you're like, should we all climb that? I'm like, well, you guys all can, but uh, <laughs> me and old Titanium down here just gonna hang out at the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, so I totally understand that. Like that was that's 100 percent me. Like it changed the way i kind of looked at things and that's why we had the joke all summer like when um nick the promoter at uh, makokuda was trying to get me in a junkie the reason why one of the reasons why my uh wonderful wife was not letting me do that is because she's like you already have a titanium rod in the one leg i know how you get you will not be able to handle yourself you become dale earnhardt the second you got a helmet on and you're gonna want to win the race <laughs> I went, no, that's right. fun <laughs> you know i think a big i'm sure a I know. I mean, she just told us a big part of her comeback is watching her older sister, mm-hmm. Brienne. What an incredible um, just attribute to have the older sister to look mm-hmm. up to. And I've been around those girls at the racetrack. And as brothers and sisters, you know, a lot of times as brothers and sisters, we kind of put each other down and beat each other up because we're brother and sister, right? Oh, yeah, it's kind of the point. Those two, those two um, in an amazing way, pick each other up. Um, and encourage each other. It is really, really special. And that's a, that's a credit to their parents mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I wasn't very nice to my little sister, Cal. <laughs> I, I could, I don't know why I could see that. It's huh. <laughs> what, And what's crazy now is I think, you know, we're, we're best friends. I mean, she's, she's the female version of me yeah, and, that, yeah. and I'm cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that I remember the first time I met, I was kind of like there, you would not have had to tell me that she was your sister. Like the first, I think it was at Davenport. They were, uh, her and her husband were in the pits and I was just like, this is a hundred percent. Cause I think that was the night that you blew the tire and it was like us that we were running back to the car. And I'm like, yep. Like everyone else is standing by the fence. Like, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> Your sister's like, we got to go back there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Yeah, and back to the whole family aspect of it, having my sisters a big part of it, mm-hmm. uh, Brindy having Brianne. It's so cool to manage this race team, and I get, I just, I get to be almost a part of their families. Yeah. Um, I know where they're racing. I know what they're doing. I know yeah. how they feel. I know even the week before they go race, like the expectations or. It's just really cool to be intertwined with someone else's race season. And uh, Mike Clausen, our cart guy, put it to me, um, put it to me like this. He said, Derek, it's special what you do uh, because you sincerely care about someone that you're not even related to. Like it's one thing for grandma and grandpa and mom and dad to uh, really be excited about your race season or any sport you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But when somebody outside of your family like follows you when you're when you're you know a youth or a child, that's really special. Mm-hmm. And you know he feels, and I do too, that um, it helps you excel. Yeah, maybe it. May, and I don't want to say it puts pressure on you, but it makes you know that somebody actually cares and is watching. Yeah, and it's not like they're not there because they're related to you. I mean, I I fully felt that a lot of our sporting events, because as if you've. Again, if people have, if if you've met me, you'll understand when I say I was not much of a sports type, and uh, so when my parents were there, it was because they kind of had to be. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> for someone to be there that doesn't have, it's not like well, they're your parents, of course they're, or your grandparents, like of course they're there. It's like oh no, they this guy, they're just interested in like you doing better, and they want to partner with you. And I think that's what part of uh, kind of coming alongside with Varium this summer and seeing kind of what the inside scoop of what's going on there. That's what I see without the whole team. You know, it's, and it's not, it's like you looking and trying and partnering with them. And then there's other racers that there's a, there's, there's a group chat on Facebook of all, basically almost all the racers in there. And it's, it's, it's awesome because, you know, one sport will have a question about something and somebody from a different one of this, like the varying sports, you know, maybe a cart side or maybe a four wheeler side will have an answer to a question that, you know, normally there wouldn't have been that line of communication, you know, that is really cool. There wouldn't have been. You know, most most cart guys don't have open access to someone that runs four wheelers. And I remember when we when we talked back in the spring, and it was again like we were just were meeting, and you kind of were you were talking about how the tire technology of your of your quad guys has gone over to your cart side because of like what they're able to do and what they've learned. And I think that's what's helped Varian racers excel, you know, over the years because crossing motorsports like that, you learn the similarities. You know, correct. There are correct. there are things that are similar on your modified car to a junior dragster that if you were if you did not have the connection, you'd be like, I don't get why there's something. You know, like what can be, you know, what can be the connection here? But then when you're just, just thinking about hookups and how the car drives, and you're like, oh, and even just one general conversation is 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 friction and friction reduction. Uh, we talk about Heinz joints and bearings. Every vehicle in motorsports has a Heinz joints or a bearing, mm-hmm. and the more we can reduce the friction. Obviously, the faster we can go with with less resistance. So mm-hmm. that's really cool, and that crosses over to every motorsport. Speaking of motorsports, why don't you, Kyle, go ahead and set us up for Matt Lindell? Okay. Um, go ahead and give a little bit of background, what you know um, yes. about his athleticism, where he's from, all that good stuff. I think you know a little bit about the GNCC and the Iowa Series, and he's even an Ironman champion, the 10-hour deal. So I'll grab him okay. and lay us uh, out. All right. So, yeah, if you are – listening now you're going to matt lindell matt lindell who's that now you might have heard if you're into if you're into quad racing at all you've probably heard the name he is one of the top quad racers in the nation and he's kind of the like top no one say top athlete for varian but kind of one of the especially to the younger kids someone that they can look up to because he's he's you know national champion and the series that they race is basically it's like 
and again, I'm going to probably say all this wrong because I'm not 100% sure. So, Derek, when you're listening back to this podcast, just give me the old, well, we'll find out in a minute. But basically, they go like two hours in the woods, and they have these trails they have to ride. And they go for as long as they, for two hours, as fast as they can do that, how many laps they can do, winter wins. Now, the Ironman that he kind of hinted at, that's a 10-hour race, and it's out in the Des Moines area. And normally, there's teams. So, there'll be like three or four people who ride for 10 hours. And they'll, if there's three or four people, there'll be three or four machines. Now, there is the um, – there's a – I think they actually call it hair strap, but the Iron Man in, in that competition is if someone that does it, one man, one machine, and uh, Matt Liddell's done that for a few years and won it uh, doing that, which is one person. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about um, kind of what this last season was like. Um, there was some kind of some downfalls with the last season with some injuries and stuff, so we'll get into that. But, yeah, so if, again, in the link, I will drop any social medias that are like pages and stuff. I think uh, – the Covells have uh, one for all of their junior drag stuff. I'll put all the links to those things in the description. So make sure if you're listening to the podcast, click on over, check the description because there'll be links to all of the social medias of all the people we have on. It sounds like you're back, Derek, or you're just breathing. Yeah, we're <laughs> back. I was just waiting for a second there. I got a little sniffle going on. That's fine. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I hear something. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Matt Lindell with us. Uh, I think Kyle laid out a little bit of who Matt Lindell is. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let Matt Lindell tell you who Matt Lindell is. Um, so, Matt, why don't you give us uh, – why don't you tell us how old you are, where you're from, what you do for a living, um, and where your race career started and where you are at. All right. So, I am 27 years old. I'm about to turn 28 here shortly. I've uh, been racing four-wheelers uh, since, let's see, about – 2006 or so i started kind of dabbling in it and then started running full season in 2007 kind of took a little bit of a break after that uh, college and work and other things going on so i didn't race a whole lot for a few years and came back to it full time um full season in 2014 and haven't looked back um day to day i um farm with my dad so family farm um dad sister and i and then we've got some some trucks also but farming takes up a lot of my time um do most all of my own ranching i've got a guy that helps me out with motors but other than that i do most of that so that's most of my evening free time and weekends when i'm not traveling for races um now i I really follow specifically the GNCC series. I run an XD2 class, and before that, I've um, three years, uh, 2015, 2016, 2017. I won both the Iowa local championship in the AA class and then the uh, OMA nationals in the pro class all three of those years. So that was uh, what kind of got me catapulted into thinking I can go run with the big boys in the national and that's what you've been doing the last couple of years matt i know you're a very humble person um but i think kyle and i would both like to hear like your credentials because i've kind of lost track of how many races you've won and i know you probably have too um how many championships do you have under your belt between wfo oma iowa atv series um Man, I can't answer those. 
for the championship. Let me <laughs> I used to keep track for you, but you I have. you over succeeded where I could count, I guess. Would you have to take your shoe off or something, I, Derek? <laughs> I gotta count the toes, I think. <laughs> um, let's see, I think I think I have two of the local between WFO and MXC. I think I have and then I think I have six with the Iowa and Ole That's crazy. I believe is what I've, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I have. I We'll, we'll put it between eight and ten. Eight Ballpark. It's kind of weird. I mean, I when I started back in 2014, all I was focused on was that Iowa championship, and it didn't happen. Um, ran some OMAs, but didn't do the full season. And then 2015 rolled around, and it was still just all about that Iowa championship. That, that's what I wanted. And then once I got that, and the OMA happened to work out just because the schedules lined up um, or didn't line up. So I uh, was able to run it and get that championship, which was just – it wasn't necessarily a goal that I'd set out at the beginning of the year, but it but it worked out. And most of the time races overlapped, so I knew it wasn't going to be a necessarily even a possible thing, but it, it just kind of lined up. And to do that three years back-to-back-to-back um, to back to back was just incredible. But at the same time, I have, once you set your goals bigger and higher, that stuff kind of gets pushed to the back of the mind, don't really think about it. And it still motivates me. I mean, I have the plaques hanging on the wall in my in the room that I use to work out and whatnot, but it's the, the <laughs> national championship at the GNCC. That's, that's where – that's where all the focus is now. So I kind of lose focus of the past, I guess. That's, it's kind of important. I mean, you got to remember your accomplishments, but I think Kyle and I both agree that you move on to your bigger and better. Matt, you and I have had those conversations over and over, uh, over the years. Um, Kyle, one thing you might not know mm-hmm. is Matt has, has done two cross country races in one day. And I don't know if you've done that three times, Matt. I think you've done it three times where you'll go in the morning and run a two hour race. And then in the afternoon, you'll like skate across the state of Iowa to make it to an afternoon race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was the one in particular between the Iowa and the LMA was, uh, that was a fun one. Uh, I just, that's unreal. Yeah. That's, um, that's crazy. That's some super athleticism and crazy dedication. And you did that in a year when you won both those championships, correct? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was kind of a do or die. I had to make both of those races to qualify for points and mm-hmm. to, to maintain the points lead for the championship. So that was, that was kind of the deciding factor. Um, two four wheelers. So one, mom, my mom took one to the afternoon race for me while I was at the morning race. Got me signed up and ready and on the line. And I, uh, no joke when I say I literally jumped out of the pickup from my dad racing me over there from the other race and jumped out of the pickup and physically ran to the start. <laughs> got on my four wheeler and shortly after the green flag waved. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Cool. Isn't that cool, Kyle? That's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, this guy's a special breed. Yeah. It's gotta, I mean, yeah, you gotta be a special breed to do that. That's, that's nuts. Absolutely. Which it also tells you, like, it shows you like you're, you're not all out there alone. You have, you know, your family supporting you while doing, which I'm sure is a huge help. In you know, oh yeah, definitely. You know, in the motivation um, department. Yeah, the overall, mm-hmm. I mean, in everything, my family's my family's huge in it. Um, they were a huge part before when I raced, and then mm-hmm. they were since coming back full time. They've been 
uh, just as big of a part, if not bigger, with the, the extra traveling that I do now and the extra time it takes in, in my own personal shop and in the gym and stuff like that to try and to try and run in that top 20 overall in the nation. I mean, it's no joke. When I when I went to the GNCC um, my first year, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I truly thought I'm going to be a contender in the XC2 class, and I'm a, I might be knocking on top 10 overall multiple times, and it was a rude awakening. I mean, I did get one top 10 overall finish my first season, but – I mean, it was, I was not even always in the top 20 overall. Those, mm-hmm. those guys are no joke. I mean, it's, it's the best of the best. And to, to run with them, it takes a good support team. And my family's been, been awesome from the littlest of stuff all the way up to driving me a thousand miles across the country so I can race and sleep because I've worked too hard all week. Matt, or, uh, Matt and Cal, before we move into, what we got going current or this season and what's current Cal, you got any other questions, Matt? I mean, format, oh, um, I'm me, sure you could go on and on. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your quad, like what brand it is, what, uh, you know, kind of what it, if you're, if it was somebody that's not, you know, sure of like, you know, ATV racing, like what exactly is it versus like what you would go to the dealership and buy? Um, yeah. So, so if you, I run a Honda TRX 450R, uh, 2014 model. That's the last production model for the Honda. They actually quit production on the, the ATV in 2014. Um, still had warehouses full of them, so you can even actually still to this day find brand new 2014s. They're getting kind of rare, but um, so that's what I run. And pretty much to get it set up for me now, I mean it's it's a fully capable quad as with any of the, the sport quads to go out and race if you want just right off the showroom floor. But for me, when you're trying to compete at that highest of level, you, you pretty much strip them down. Um, and that's what I'm in the process of doing right now at that time of year, um, mm-hmm. strip them down to bare frame, pull the motors out, all the suspension parts, any, literally everything. I actually gusset the frames up a little bit because the cross country racing is, is just so demanding on the quad. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets, kind of gusset those weak points get it get it all powder coated back up uh looking nice get the motors um we run a relatively stock motor setup nothing too crazy because again that we need that longevity we need that durability for the the tough conditions in cross-country racing Mm -hmm. but do like a mild cam and some porting on the head and whatnot and a little bit of added compression but for the most part it's it's close to stock um exhaust stuff like that and then the big, the biggest part is is the chassis. So, the like I said, the motors stay relatively stock, but then the, the chassis, when it comes down to that, um, long travel A arm setup, uh, long travel rear linkage, and um, just the best of the best shocks. Uh, currently running Custom Axis Pro Airs up front, so air shock, and then a spring shock in the back, and that's that's really the most important because you gotta you gotta be out there for two hours straight and rather harsh trails most times so you can arm pump fatigue in your back just not to mention at wicked like blistering speeds through the trees <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's crazy yeah and so you the chassis is really the most important is getting all that stuff set up and then it's not, it's not even just a kind of a bolt on and go thing you, you have to spend a lot of time in in setups for different track conditions and or just 
progressing with the sport. I mean, I think that's true in any sport, but mm-hmm. this, this setup takes takes a lot of time, takes a lot of work. Cal, you got anything else to hit him with? No, I think let's talk about uh, this last season a little bit. I think we'll hit up. That should that should pretty much be the rest of the kind of stuff I was wondering about. So I'll set the stage here. So Matt began the season down south, um, right? Florida, Georgia. Is that correct, Matt? Um, started in South Carolina this year. South Carolina will be went, a little different. And then went to Florida, Georgia a week after. And then the Florida, Georgia. Um, and I don't remember what week it was. I'm sure you'll tell us. And I'm going to drop the bomb, and then I'm going to let you take it from there. Matt got in a little bit of a tangle um, and actually broke his ankle slash leg, um, yes. finished that race. However, it had a long-term effect on the remainder of the season. Um, so Matt, why don't you take us from South Carolina to Georgia into your injury? Um, yeah, so round one didn't quite go as planned in South Carolina. I, I still had an all right finish in fourth place, but I, I kind of missed the setup. Like I was talking earlier, I just had, had my suspension set up a little wrong and it, it fought me all day. Uh, moved on to rounds two, three, four, um, I think even five and had podiums in those uh ended up taking over the points lead so was going really good and then i believe uh round nine which was the first weekend in june out in new york i got a tangle up and it ripped the uh, remote reservoir line off my rear shocks my rear shock all the oil leaked out and so it was essentially blown rear shock and i got kind of bucked off and broke my tibia in two spots and that pretty well shot most of the rest of the season for me yeah so beginning of this this season was like super super Kyle it was super exciting I think you were around for that and Madeline had the XC2 lead and uh, you know me from from the racetrack Kyle every Mm -hmm. time I show up I probably got to tell you a Matt Lindell story or something yeah 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 it definitely was I think because it was right around the time that I started hanging around was like that May June time I think is when I started being like at the racetrack whenever you were all right, and I'd probably be like, dude, Matt got, you know, this mm-hmm. weekend, and he's sitting in these amount of points, and mm-hmm. it's super exciting, and then, of course, we talk about all the sorts of motorsports, but every weekend, I was telling you something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it broke your leg, and uh, there's no doubt it was disappointing, and, man, it was a tough phone call for me to reach out, even, because I talked to Matt almost almost after every race, and what do you say to a guy? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you call and say, Hey, heard you, heard you broke your leg. Um, so it was even a tough phone call for me to make. And I think as a whole in Varium in your family and every, everybody around it was, we all felt that with you, of course, not the pain that was all yours, but, uh, but so what did you do? Because you healed very quickly and that just doesn't happen on accidents. What regimen did you go through? Won't you tell us, what you set your goals with a broken leg. And I know you were pretty laid up. Then we'll go into where this season ended and in the, in the high points or where we're going. Yeah. So I guess, so the injury took place. I made the trip home really disappointed, obviously uh, kind of, I mean, just a little depressed as far as the season goes and the, my racing, I guess goes, I was just, I mean, it was tough as 
you can imagine. I mean, anybody that has an injury midseason, no matter the sport, it's, it's tough. Highly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes mentally just takes a toll on you. And so I I was completely laid up for two weeks. Um, really couldn't even get off of my back and let go to the bathroom because I couldn't be casted right away because of the swelling. So it was in like a, a soft cast. And if it shifted, then it was... That's nasty. Yeah, and it was obviously going to be worse. So pretty much completely laid up for two weeks with almost no movement whatsoever. I mean, I, I was, which is tough for me. I mean, in general, I'm a pretty active person between workouts, work and race. And I mean, I don't sit around a whole lot, so it was, it was tough, but I, I mean, I really just did a lot of thinking and reflecting on the season and how far I've came and what I've accomplished and what I haven't that I want to. And really then just focus on, what I can do to make it better. So I started researching a little bit, took um, a few supplements for bone uh, health and joint health and whatnot, and just just hoping. I mean, just over-the-counter stuff, nothing fancy. It was just uh, basically get my extra calcium and whatnot and some collagen, and it was just trying to help myself out was all I was doing. I wanted to get back, uh, get ready for this 2019 season we got coming up. I knew that 2018 was shot, but it was all about it. At that point, it was all about focusing on 2019, getting healthy and getting back to training. Um, and so I, I just did a lot of research with my laying around. I read some books on training and as far as endurance training, strength training, um, nutrition, just anything I could besides always watching Netflix or something like that. <laughs> I think you even tried video games a little bit, didn't you? And that's not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually played video games for the first time since um, I couldn't tell you. It was high school with that. And um, so it was it was tough, but I, I just tried to make the best of it and just focused on getting myself back to 100%. And in the end, looking back on it now, I'm still not happy about it, but I think it's a blessing. I learned a lot in the time off um, as far as what's going to hopefully take me to new levels next year and being better prepared. Um, I feel a little less overwhelmed at this point in time. Normally this time of year I've got two or three quads that are just in shambles from being beat up on all year that needs much work, and I ended up having enough time off that not all my quads are completely destroyed and I I was able to work on a little of it when I started being able to come back to on my feet um when I couldn't I hope I could wrench at least I hope Kyle when you're Mm -hmm. listening to this and listeners that are going to listen to this I hope like I don't know if everybody gets that feeling like I do like listening to Matt um it's just an entirely higher level um because I can tell you if I bust my leg like I'm gonna lay up and probably eat ice cream, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like a little pansy, <laughs> and I'm gonna like lick my wounds and be all sad, right? So yeah. when I hear Matt talk about what he's doing, what what do you get out of that, Kyle? Well, that's the exact opposite of what I did when I broke mine. So we talked about that like ten minutes ago. <laughs> I was the biggest wimp for like two months, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's crazy. So it, it you pushed yourself, you know, safely. It wasn't like you were trying to like you know. Be like, screw you, doctors, but you were pushing yourself as much as you could so that way you could have a faster recovery is what it sounds like. At least I mean, the dude couldn't walk, but he could read. Yeah, exactly. So you take up reading. 
Right. Um, I mean, I guess to put it in perspective, I, I mean, I probably pushed it too much, but in the end, apparently my body heals fast my supplements worked or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, um, I bought a, they call it an eye walk. It's a hands-free crutch just so I could go back to work. Um, just so I could start moving around a little more and didn't have to have my hands tied up with the crutches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was back to work, um, within three weeks. I granted I wasn't working a lot, but I was at least doing something. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just, just, uh, don't get me wrong, Derek. I mean, I, like you said, it's, it's like a, a little depressing. So it's, there is that time. And the first two weeks for sure was that time for me. Um, I, it was just tough. I mean, you're just sitting there going, man, what could have been? And this is rough and it hurts and I'm, I'm bored and just frustrated and, how much mm-hmm. is it going to cost me? And Ugh. am I going to be okay in the end? Am I going to get all my strength and range of motion back? Is it going to be long-term problems? What's and so that was, it was definitely still tough. That's a long list of uh, worries. Yeah, and and I mean I know there's plenty of people that have had way worse injuries, but I just I honestly just tried. After a little while, I was just like, you know, there's nothing I can do at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, it is what it is. Just try and make the best of it. I stopped out and seen you maybe two weeks after it happened, maybe three weeks after it happened. And I think, I don't remember, something like that, remember? And uh, I think, I feel like I, when when I came out and visited with you was your transition point where you were starting to come back up and kind of see the light of, of what could be. Yeah, and like I said, the first, the first two weeks was definitely rough, but I – once, once I just came to grips with the fact that my season's ruined and it, and I got bigger things to worry about, and that's that I don't want to have a limp for the rest of my life or really bad arthritis when I'm 35 years old and whatnot. I was like, let's just focus on getting healthy and getting ready for next year, and then and that's when it kind of just started. A little more positive. I just was a lot better, and then that, then I really started. Hey, look, this is going all right. Doctors say I'm doing everything right. Um, let's start doing a little research and learn something while I'm down and out. And um, it kind of just attitude just kept getting better. Um, everything just started looking up more and more. I so after that first two week period of in that soft cast I mentioned, it, I went back in. And they wrapped me up with a traditional cast just to the knee. Um, told me that one will be on there for two to three weeks. And then I'll put another one on for probably two weeks after that. And so I was going to end up close to six weeks is what they thought. Mm-hmm. And into a, in a regular cast. So end up being minimum six weeks. In between the soft cast originally and then a hard cast. Well, when this I- conversation is so cool, Matt. You and I get to have these talks, and I'll probably like go to Kyle and be like, "Yeah, me and Matt Little talked, and this is pretty cool." But what's cool is I it, what, what I realize right now is we're on a podcast, right, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast, <laughs> is <that> right? <laughs> so this is one of those things that like uh, Kyle is just telling us like he's had a bunch of hits in Australia and he's had almost every continent. This is so cool, Matt, to hear this story. Now, it's not a cool story that you broke your leg on, but not everybody gets to hear where you were and what happened and how you've got here. So I just wanted to take that time out and say, hey, this is pretty cool. 
yeah, and I mean, looking back on it, like I said, it, it was a huge learning experience and really, I feel like, a blessing in the end. So I ended up in that going back in after um, I had to reschedule an appointment. So I think I was at right at like three and a half weeks in the, in the hard cast. So two weeks in the soft cast, then I think three and a half weeks in the hard cast, and I went back in for my appointment. They took the cast off, re-X-rayed to make sure everything's going good, and I'm fully anticipating getting another cast set on like you told me at my last appointment. Comes back in the room and says, everything's healing way faster, way better than we thought. We're going to put you in a regular boot um, that you can remove and shower and whatnot. Still no walking, no pressure on it, but at least I'll have a removable boot now. So I would, that really got me excited, and so then it was even easier to be positive because it was going really well. And I'd made it through what was the worst of it as far as the swelling and pain and being laid up part of it was. So that was nice. Um, getting that little bit of positivity out of it, uh, had then had that boot on for uh, another month in the boot, which, so cut the cast time down a few weeks. And then in the boot, I had it on for another month. He originally told me that was going to be a minimum of six weeks in that boot, but could be up to two months. And so, in like the Kyle, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Kyle, Kyle was laid up in a boot for like a year. No, I wasn't in a boot. I didn't. No, I broke my femur. I had there was there was no sign of anything. It was all inside. I looked like I was paralyzed because I just had a wheelchair. <laughs> That's a little worse. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> so I ended up. I ended up just over two months total time um, with it immobilized. And then I was able to eat. I went back in for my, um, what was my first appointment after having the boot on, uh, like I said, about a month later. And he said, basically it was like, holy crap, it's completely healed. He wasn't expecting it to be 100% healed. Um, but as far as the bone was concerned, the bone was completely healed mm-hmm. through, he said. So I was good to go back to doing about whatever I wanted besides running or jumping, which he told me that, but I couldn't have ran or jumped if I wanted to. There was no strength there. Um, so then it was just the rehab process, get the muscle back and the flexibility and everything like that. And then it, that was when I really was, I mean, I was happy. That day that he told me I could I could take the boot off and walk out if I wanted, I was, I was really pumped. I no joke, literally drove home from the doctor. It was a midday appointment. Drove home from the doctor, called up my buddy who lives up the road. He had been working nights, and he would just gotten up. And I was like, let's go for a bike ride. And we <laughs> I'm just went for a bike ride. That's nice. cool. Give us, give us those next three races. Yeah, so I um, really didn't have any expectations on – what I wanted to do after I got out of the boot, I knew I wanted to try and race again at the end of the year, but I just didn't know how many or what races exactly. And it was just kind of going to, once I got the boot off and realized how weak it really was, I was like, I, I got to get some strength back and then we'll just see from there as far as what races I decide to do and how serious I'm going to take it and whatnot. So um, rehab the crap out of it for, uh, I can't remember now. It was a few weeks though, 
and it really started to come along pretty quick after the after the first probably week and a half. Um, first week and a half was really rough, um, but then after that, it really started to come along quicker than I expected, I guess. And so, uh, the I believe the second to last weekend in September, I decided last minute night before um, I'm gonna go race a Iowa race. They have a race going on out uh, south of Des Moines. So and I, it was sneaky because I didn't even know Matt was going, but I had a feeling. I had a feeling I, it was coming. It, my mom didn't even know I was going. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> I uh, I decided the night before, and the girlfriend and I jumped in the truck. And um, actually, I take that back. I jumped in the truck and drove out to her. She lived in the, um, out the names out that where towards where the race was, and so I stayed with her. And then we went down in the morning, raced, and came home. Um, race went phenomenal as far as, as how many weeks out I was or months out um, from the injury. I You took that overall win, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I went into the race and with the complete mindset, and I know nobody believed me, but with the complete mindset of I'm going to go out and I'm going to ride comfortably for the first couple of laps, the outfield, and then just go accordingly from there. And if it's and if it hurts real bad, I'm gonna pull off. I I mean I I truly went into the race with that mindset, and that was exactly what I did. I went out and I ran around um, second or third for the first couple of laps. Uh, was right there with the front guys, never never more than a handful of seconds behind them. And I started a little bit of rust, but I started feeling a little bit better. And I was like, you know. It's, Basically, I like my conditioning didn't feel as bad as I expected from having so much time off. The leg was definitely not as strong as I would have liked, but it it didn't hurt or anything like that, so it wasn't really bugging me. So I just kind of kept plugging away at the race and pushing a little bit more. Got the lead and really never looked back the whole second second half, uh, two thirds of the race. Just kind of got the lead and. Didn't pull a huge gap or anything, um, but just stayed out front, ran my own race, and got done, and I was just really happy with it. I mean, I, it just felt way better than expected. That momentum carried into your next couple of races as well, and um, and you wrapped up this season at the GNCC um, a couple weekends ago in Indiana, correct? Yeah, so went went uh, a couple weeks and uh three weeks after that iowa race ran the last iowa race of the season um wrapped up the overall win in that one also uh felt really good so i thought you know what there's one more gncc race for the year and it was only a week away from that race and i was like i don't think i broke anything on the quad um I'm going to probably go give it a go. So I came home, washed everything up, checked it all over, and got stuff packed up. And we went out to Indiana for the last GNCC, which happens to be the biggest GNCC of the year. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's the biggest cross-country ATV and motorcycle race in the United States. It's just absolutely massive for cross-country racing. Um, the event, super fun. Uh, so I went out raced it um an xc2 and brought home 
uh, third in class and 14th overall, which, believe it or not, was a not huge, but was definitely a disappointment to me in the fact that I mentally and physically knew I had better than that when the race got over. I just made a couple of really stupid mistakes that tangled me up with some guys in my class and then one tangled me up with Lapper and then with an XC1 rider on the last lap and it just it just cost me too much time uh, is all it came down to. But physically, mentally, I, I know I had a better finish than that. I really think I had... Um, I should have had a second over or second in class and somewhere closer to the top 10 overall. I mean, I felt mm-hmm. phenomenal given everything that had happened. One of the, I mean, I almost felt better and maybe even felt better physically than I did at the beginning races of the season. So you certainly had some disappointment. Um, and we talk about disappointment in motorsports and I keep, you know, I keep making my claim that disappointment in motorsports is one of the best lessons we teach our young racers because in motorsports you've you've hit every single one you're gonna have disappointments whether it's uh mechanical uh rider error um something's going to happen and we kind of started the conversation off on breaking your leg on it being a disappointment but also your healing process i made mention it was no accident um you made some decisions uh, you gave yourself some direction and it all came to success and I know you say you're disappointed in your GNCC finish, but I think me and Kyle are like, that's pretty phenomenal, right, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, the, how did it feel? Like, was it pretty cool? Like when you got to go going back to that race, kind of being the last one of the season, kind of probably thinking when you broke your leg, like I'm not going to be back till 2019 at these races. Did it feel pretty good? Like when you pulled into that race, like okay, like I finally, I'm kind of back fully. I made it. Yeah, I mean it. In it's like I said, in a sense, I, I wasn't disappointed, but in in the same breath, I'm gonna tell you that I was just because I know I had better mm-hmm. in my results. They didn't show how I physically felt, and that so that to me personally was disappointing. But as far as the actual finish goes, and given the circumstances and everything, which I hate even saying that because to me it's just everybody has to deal with their own set of circumstances, so mm-hmm. it's kind of irrelevant. But at the same time, I do understand what I did do, mm-hmm. and it, from the date of that Ironman race was basically two weeks after the doctor told me that I would probably start walking under my own power. So I know it was way sooner than me or anybody thought it was going to be. And and it was good. I mean, it was, it's 14th overall. I mean, two, two, three years ago, you'd have told me that I was going to get 14th overall in the nation. I'd have been pumped, but Mm -hmm. uh, like, like I said at the beginning with the Iowa LMA championships, like, I mean, I've got bigger goals for myself now, but it, it was. I mean, it was at the same time when I finished, I was like, you know what? Solid finish in in the class, solid finish overall. Mm-hmm. I physically felt good, so this is kind of, to me, it was definitely momentum going into next year because I know I had even better than what my finish was, and my finish still wasn't bad. So really, um, for momentum for next year, I mean, it, it was probably a good race. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I'm going to tell you and tell all these listeners here that I, uh, Matt and I have talked after he's won a race and he's told me he's disappointed. <laughs> so when I said he's humble, he truly is. But something Matt and I talk about too is when he wins a race, is like, where can you improve? Mm-hmm. Right, Matt? We've had that conversation. Even though you won the race, there's still improvement to be had. Yeah, and in every part of your life, really. I mean, that's one thing that I've 
learned working with uh with a group of farmers that we work really closely with and um even when you're having a good day or you're seeing awesome yields out in the field or in a great race or whatever what could you have done better they, mm-hmm. they asked me that a lot and it really when i was younger i didn't really think a lot of it but it it is true like what could you have done better because even even though you went out there and you thought you just had a perfect race or a perfect day at work or whatever it may have been perfect workout if you really sit down and think about it, there's there's something that could be tweaked or mm-hmm. or something like that so and just overall in life but yeah i've i've i'm definitely probably my biggest critic i mean i <laughs> most any racer is probably that way it's just kind of a mindset you got to be in if you want to you want to be better every time you go out there mm-hmm. oh yeah matt you were setting you up for the 2019 season um you discussed running XC2, but I want to make sure we're still 2018 and something you and I always do is talk about the support you've had. You talked about your family and I know you got some sponsors and what out there. So by all means, please, yeah, I know it's been a while since you've run them down, but run them down so everybody gets to hear. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we're actually going through the process right now of um, getting everything finalized for the um, 2019 sponsors. I believe I'm going to have a fair amount of them back on board. Um, I'm going to hit the big ones, big ones right now that I know are going to be back. Just the ones that helped me the most and that I got great relationship with. Uh, Shockworks Motorsports. Um, Bart really helps me out a lot. GBC Motorsports. Um, Green Ball Corporation for tires. Um, they make tires for everything. I run them on all my stuff. Love them. Got them on the farm farm equipment and all kinds of stuff. Uh, BNR Motorsports helps me out a lot. Uh, Tri-State Trucking, 22 Film, Barium Racing, uh, see Gold Speed Wheels, um, Jamie Weckle and Adam Weckle. Uh, yeah, that's big. Those dudes are so awesome. Yeah, yeah they... Uh, and Jason. Yeah, and Jason at Tri-State. Um, travel with him a lot. Um, he helps me out financially some. Then uh, Jamie and Adam, they help me out with motor build to prepping quads when I'm real busy to washing to just anything and everything really good friends, not just, uh, I guess they're, they're really my race family right along with my real family. Um, it's really big, but one of the big parts of Arium is having those friendships that they just, there's so much more than that. It's been a bit, it's been a big part. Definitely. Definitely is. Um, tire signs helps me out. Uh, quad tech, um, Moose Racing with the gear and then Parts Unlimited. Uh, they've got all kinds of parts for everything. Uh, awesome. Hauser Racing. Um, they're back on board this year. This nice. Season. Um, just spoke with them not too long ago. So Fantastic. It's going to be a good year. I'm keeping a lot of the same, what I know, what I got set up well. and We are going to be in XT2 again. Um, I'm going to going to stick around one more year for for xd2 and then there's a new series for us cross-country guys that are going to it's going to be starting up the axcc um national series and i think i'm going to try and run as many of those as i can also that's pretty that's just awesome kyle i know you haven't been around quad racing but i'm sure you recognize a few of those don't you yeah some of those names starting to be like oh hey i've heard of them hey i've gotten stuff from them <laughs> and that's kind of what it's all about and mm-hmm. you know that's why when 
Matt says those things, it's name recognition and yep. um, making sure people get to hear that name. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a big part. And Matt's at a high level. And he's at a high level because of a lot of those, right, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely the, the personal relationship one that I have with with those some of those sponsors is is awesome. I know you yourself, Derek, helped me out a tremendous amount too. Um, it's that's what it really takes when you're in a when you're in a sport like this. I mean, really any motorsport, and mm-hmm. you don't just magically get to the top. That's for sure. Right, Kyle, you got anything else for Matt? Oh. Um, that was that was a that was really like a look into a Matt and I conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt, would you agree like with that. that? Like that's kind of our conversation and we got to share it. Yeah. Yeah. We always, after every race, even before, just kind of hash it out on what happened, what's going to happen, what we can change mm-hmm. or the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, we pretty much every time that's what we hit on all of the above. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's really encouraging. You're just like the whole story of between from the injury to the recovery, to like getting back on the quad, especially Derek, I'm sure for some of your younger riders, like this is a great way to like, this is a great story to be like, look, you know, if Matt can, if, you know, Matt got hurt in this round and he came back this fast, like, you know, you can do the same. And I think especially for some of your younger riders, you know, we talked about with honor junior dragsters where, you know, there was a crash and it was like, is is she going to come back and race? And it's that same kind of a thing of the recovery and I think that in motorsports, that story is sometimes more important than all of the wins. You know, I mean, wins are great and wins are awesome, but the stories of like when there was a bad, you know, something bad happened, there was a setback, and the recovery story is sometimes what I think people want to hear. And I love that we were able to share that on the podcast and let people, you know, let the listeners kind of get an insight of what it takes from, you know, because people might see, you know, so, I mean, like you might watch something on TV, you might see like an athlete get injured but you don't get the, like, what was in their head, you know, like Matt, you were talking about like basically how you felt depressed and how you were just like, I don't know what I'm going to do for two weeks. And then you mm-hmm. basically said, I'm going to figure something out. And I think that's really cool. And to be able to hear that story and kind of, as you know, being around Derek more this summer and hopefully, you know, like in 2019, I'm probably not going to go anywhere. So y'all are still going to see me. So, um, getting to kind of know you guys and kind of see that side of, it, I think it's awesome to hear the story. And kind of see the Matt's of impact, Matt's impact on everybody around him. Uh, since I met him in 2014, there's like there's like 50 of these stories, and I'll just hit on a couple of them. I actually had to eat my own words one time um, because no. Matt lost a foot peg in a race one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to race the race with one foot peg, which is is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure he won that race. Is that right, Matt? I'm pretty sure he won that race. No, I I didn't. I didn't. That was uh, I guess. Skill level wise, I wasn't quite where I am today, but I, I did finish. I did finish. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was later that year. I lost a foot peg, and I'm sitting there going, "Man, here I am telling everybody you got to overcome adversity." And I don't, I don't really want to race with one foot peg, but I did because Matt did, so I had to. So even that had an impact on me, and it certainly has an impact on the younger generation. Like. Stuff happens. Stuff's going to happen. And Matt and I have talked about, you could be on the way to the racetrack and get a flat tire in the truck or the trailer, which has actually happened. That's adversity. And you can let that ruin your day and ruin your race, or you can overcome it mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. knock it out of the park at the race. So mm-hmm. that's been a big part of that. Matt, thanks for joining us, and thanks for um, sharing your story. And Kyle, I'll let you wrap it up with Matt. Yeah. 
yeah, I think uh, thanks for coming on again. Hopefully, uh, we'll be in touch in 2019. Maybe try and do a couple of more updates as the racing season goes on, and we can kind of follow you in the GNCC. And again, if you follow in the description, I'll put any links to social media stuff. Like I don't know, if, Matt, if you have like a public page you run or anything. Yeah, I have. A, I have. A, um, they're still still set up as personal, but I have a Facebook and uh, Instagram page. Okay, I'll make sure um, there's links to that. Yep, everybody can keep up with me on that. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be on again uh, midway through the the winter prep. Uh, talk about how the builds are going, fitness is going, all that good stuff. Yeah. You know, Kyle, uh, we can always go out to Matt's house. I was about to say that. It's always kind of like, cool to let's... go into the barn. When I say barn, like it's an actual barn, and there's two just sick chassis sitting there and parts that are just awesome. We yeah. should make a trip out. Matt, you'd be up for that? Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll do that. We'll uh, we'll try and plan that out. I know Derek knows that I'm already working on that series to visit all these racers, so he will definitely be on the list. Again, um, in the description, check all the links because we're going to have links all over the place for that. But make sure to follow Matt because, again, I just started to follow him this summer, and it was kind of like once I started following you, it was kind of like you were in the – it was in the injury mode, so I didn't get to see, like, any of the racing stuff till like, this last, couple, this last couple months. But it's been really fun, and I can't wait to see what 2019 brings. And, again – We'll try and connect during uh, like half of the offseason, kind of figure out what we're, what what all is twenty nineteen planning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds good, Matt. Kyle and I'll probably chit. Kyle and I'll probably chit chat once you hang up for a second. But again, thank you, dude. Thanks, man. I will completely be in touch. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on. So Kyle, that's probably yes. a little longer podcast than no, usual, don't, but it was. Don't so you worry. I promised people more content two months ago, and then stopped putting content out for a month. So you I, got it. <laughs> I, I'm like, I need, like, I love League Long Podcast, and that story is awesome. You know, we talk about, and you've heard me harp on people chasing their dreams. Like Team Varium is one giant group of people chasing dreams. Um, I've I harped on at the beginning of the podcast. Harp on again. Follow the page on Facebook. There'll be a link in the description, like I always is, because there's everyone from nine-year-old girls who are racing junior dragsters to guys, you know, who are trying to race professionally, racing quads. You know, everything in between. To you know, you got high school kids that are racing quads when they can get a chance to. And I've got to meet a lot of the racers over this this last summer. They're all great. They're all like they just have the spirit of they want to compete, but they also want it. Like they're also just decent people. Because sometimes you get into some sports and you get around people and they're kind of jerks, you know, I know, uh, Derek and I have ran into some at the racetrack over the summer and it's like, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> don't, don't get you get started. started, but <laughs> it's like, there's a thing of, it just seems like everybody there wants to help, you know, nobody's like, Oh, this is, even if they're in, the, they race against each other at a race, it's not like they're trying to hide secrets from each other, you know? And so that's, what's been really fun. So again, if you are if you're not already following it, make sure to go, follow the link down there, give it a follow. Um, I want to make sure I spell it. It's V-A-R-I-O-M. Because I can tell you people sometimes, people are like, what's Varum? Varum. Varium. Varium. V-A-R-I. It stands for variety, being diversity. In idiom, which means unpredictable. And that's exactly what we are. That is very true. That is. When you first told me that back in, I think it was April. I think it was, no, I think it was May. I think May is when we did the interview before, when I first met you. And at first I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I went to Davenport Hall out one time, and then now you can't get – now I'm like, okay, now I'm here all the time. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I've been trying to get – I've been wanting to get you back on all summer um, again. If you, yeah, thank you. Thank you because 
it's not very often I get to share like with a lot of people what I do and mm-hmm. the conversations we just had with Matt. I have with um, you know nearly a dozen racers mm-hmm. uh, in like a two week period. At every race, every lap, every moment is different. Um, and you're right, everybody's chasing their dream, and there's mm. such a strong spirit of yeah being driven to be successful. Yeah, there's just and there's a competitive spirit about it, and there's just this like it's just like big giant families kind of was what it seems like as kind of a person that you know four months ago. I love it when you first put me in that Facebook group and you're kind of like, okay, this is Kyle. Like he's this guy. Like, and I kind of, he's just going to hang around. And see, I like didn't really say much cause I was just watching. <laughs> and then, you know, now I've been like interacting, but yeah, I think, you know, it's been really fun. Cause I've actually gone to races. I've gone to mud bogs and met, I met, I've met some of your racers at mud, working. You at met some of the quad mud, guys at mud bogs. Yeah. At mud bogs. Cause they're working at <laughs> By it. chance. Oh, yes. Yes. Hooking up change. That's, looking at you kobe um but yeah i think uh and actually know he listens because I, I i made him subscribe the one not the one mud bog <laughs> good well kobe has an interesting story in itself i love we should yeah. probably talk to him someday. we should we should have kobe on kobe if you're listening hit me up on hit me up on the facebook but yeah um again if something if this you know if you have a dream that you're chasing and you want to talk about it hit me up in the uh, message go over to bips promotions or bips for the ginger uh podcast Send me a message on there. I would love to have you on. We're always looking for more people to have on. So, um, and you guys have seen like the last like month we've talked about everything from podcasts to YouTubers to, you know, racers. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not just like, we're not just a one niche podcast, but yeah, Derek, um, I know it's been, like I said, we're going a little, it's a little longer than normal. Thanks for letting me hang out with you all summer. Cause it's been a blast to see sides of racing that I've never got to see before, you know? And completely are my pleasure it absolutely has been a pleasure having you around it's been a blast uh, looking forward to more of it oh yeah i'm excited like we, we got that we hung out a couple sundays ago and we were we were screaming around with chinese quads and that was so much fun there's <laughs> stay tuned on that there could be more chinese stay quad tuned there's so much in the works chinese and... quad shenanigans that <laughs> for sure are gonna have to am i mixing like chinese quads and clowns which i know sounds crazy but you're gonna have to see it if it happens yeah right? it's gonna look like that i mean <laughs> but yeah i think uh you're definitely we're gonna stick around um i think we're gonna wrap things up we'll hang on talk a little bit because i know we have some stuff we gotta the off-air conversations we don't we gotta have which mm-hmm. is fun, but um, do for, your thing. Oh yeah, for Bibster and the Ginger. Bye.